Hey! Yeah, if you can't tell by the background noise, I am at the airport. I'm finishing up the edit for the White Spine Uncaged live reading we did at Dragonsteel Con. So this episode is going to feature a couple different sections. First up is going to be the actual recording we did at the convention itself. We only had the room for about an hour, so we paused, went home that night, and finished the rest of the episode. And then at the end of the episode, there is a supercut of Emily's reaction as she reads the chapter for the first time. So you will hear some of Friends of the Pod, Priscilla and Marie, as Emily is reading it, and a little bit of Friend of the Pod and co-host Ted at the live stream. Special thanks to the eventually four people who showed up to our recording and to all of you in the Discord who were there digitally. We appreciate all of you so much. The live section has inevitable background noise. Tried to dampen down as much of it as I could, but I think you're still going to really enjoy what we did. Take it away, theme song. Mm-hmm. Hey, Emily. Hey. Will you, for Ted and Jenny, tell them what you thought of this group of chapters? <sighs> Every, so we have guests over, and they're like, we will want to watch you read it. And I'm like, okay, it'll be like, it'll be a good chapter, I'm sure. And then we actually get down to it, and I'm like jumping up and down and just be like, oh my gosh. But okay. it wasn't a literal white spine that was uncaged. It wasn't. I was really afraid of that. I was like, please don't let it just be that. Okay. Probably, maybe the best scene in the whole book. Well, it was one that Meg's actually told me about. Years ago. Years ago. So, But I thought this was going to be like a finale thing. And so, anyways, we'll talk about it when we we get there. We're going to start our record. This is honestly the funniest thing that could have happened. (laughs) (laughs) We prepared for this eventuality. But, hello, listeners. Those far off and just in the hallway over there, welcome to the very first live recording of My Sister Made Me View It, covering The Way of Birds of Radiance by Brandon Sanderson. My name is Megan, and uh, I told work I was leaving early today to go do this. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Emily, and I am actually kind of glad it turned out like this because I've been so nervous. I'm sweating so Make it a podcast. podcast. Okay. So we are live at Dragon Steel Con 2022. Crowd, cheer. There's no one in here. <laughs> we have some friends who might be coming, but later. But uh, Emily, whose fault is it that there's no one here? Uh, well, I don't want to say yours, but <laughs> but I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay. So. I scheduled this to be the exact same time as Brandon's spoiler Q&A. So that's where everyone is. <laughs> this week, just for Jenny and Ted, who are here digitally, three chapters, White Spine, Uncaged. There could be two people in here if you came in. She just read White Spine, Uncaged for the very first time, and we're recording about it. This is in the second book, 
So this is uh, when Adolin's fighting the duel against how many people? Yeah. You haven't finished it? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to have some spoilers in here then. It's our Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I could stay, but like... Okay, go, go see things. Go do things. <laughs> So this week we're covering three chapters, White Spider Uncaged, To Kill the Wind, and Never Again. So we're probably only going to get through maybe one chapter here, and we'll record the rest yeah. of it at a different um, time. We only have 45 minutes left in this room. So mm -hmm. let's get down to brass tacks. Right. Hey, Emily. <laughs> How was it? Oh, my gosh. So, okay. I actually knew about this. Uh-huh. But I didn't know that this was the chapter. Okay. So years ago when Megan had read the read the actual chapter, uh, she was so excited that she wanted to tell me about like this idea of like honor and no one's helping and all this stuff. But what I thought this was going to be is Adolin was going to jump the gun, yep. challenge Sadius, and that I thought this was taking place at the end, at like the climax of the book. Uh -huh. And so again, Brandon surprises me by doing stuff super early and it's so frustrating. <laughs> A completely different person entirely jumps the gun. <laughs> but we're gonna start a little bit before the duel because Kaladin has just been hit for 87 psychic damage <laughs> because Amram has just been announced uh, as the new head of the Knights Radiant. So angry. What is Delinar doing? He is, what is he doing? Uniting them. No, he's doing it wrong. <laughs> he's doing it he's wrong. He's listening to his heart. I'm actually really glad you brought that up. Remember how we talk all the time about how Elokar doesn't have the requisite information to do his job correctly? Yeah. Dalinar has also taken a lot of swings in the dark because Honor is dead and he doesn't have Honor, like, helping him refound the Knight's Radiant. Where's his honor spread? Honor is dead. Well, Sil's here. Okay, Sil's Kaladin's spread. I, I, that's, I'm saying, where is Dalinar's spread? Is Dalinar honorable? He's working at it. He's working at it. Apparently not hard enough to attract an honor spread. All right. Um, so in, in Desolation's past, mm -hmm. the Heralds were the people who refounded the Knights Radiant. Okay. And Talon is the only herald that you've got confirmed in the book so far. Yeah, so he's back. Where are the other nine? They're probably off living their best lives. <laughs> Enjoying retirement on... Richard! Roshar. <laughs> I don't think he heard me. He did. He did. Come on in. Increase our uh, audience by 33% because our friends are on the laptop. <laughs> Hey, Richard, this is my sister, Emily. Hi, Richard. How's She's it going? reading the books through for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And we are talking today about the four against one duel uh, in Wizards. It's so good. I can't believe it's your first time. She's making me do this, and I'm so mad that I like it so much. I was all prepared to hate it, and now yeah. it's so good. You historically hated the other things that you have had to do. No. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing I'm very good at recommendations. <laughs> I like it because it has it's nostalgic for me. Roswell's nostalgic okay. for me. Anyway, uh, we got about 40 minutes to get through three chapters. You're welcome to stay and listen, but there's also cool stuff to do at the con. Yeah, we that's the art thing, right? I think yeah. the art thing. Go to the art thing. Okay. It's good to meet you. Bye. If we count everyone who's listened to even a bit of our podcast, I bet we could get at least eight people in the room <laughs> one at a time before it's over. <laughs> oh, 
we're gonna tell this story at Dragon Steel Con 2028. <laughs> <laughs> real spoilers are here. The real spoilers are in the room with us. The heralds are nowhere to be found. Dalinar's making a big swing and a miss in the mm -hmm. dark by calling Amaram to everything. I am everything. so angry. Oh, okay. Dalinar, you know, is trying his best. We've seen him strive to be honorable. I'm really hoping Amaram has not pulled the wool over Dalinar's eyes. I'm really hoping Dalinar didn't fall for this and that Dalinar is using it to somehow find out if Amaram is honorable enough. But like by the end of these three chapters, I don't think that's the case. I think yeah. he firmly believes Amram is the... <laughs> I think ugh. he's like cloak first, powers later kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. So this is very interesting where he gave Kaladin a cloak at the end of the last book. Mm -hmm. One that he had personally worn <gasps> and oh. mended and fitted. And now, very sadly, okay, Ted has put in a request for us. Ted, we will do that. Uh, best Kaladin impression when he has his one-liner. We will get there. Okay. He gave his personal cloak to Kaladin, and then he gave a brand new fancy one to Amram, and I'm like, your grace, your grace, he means you harm. No, <laughs> turn around. So all of the bridgemen, as many guards as Kaladin can get, are here at the dueling arena today. Yes. And we're talking, he's talking with Sigzel about this new appointment, and there's like saying, maybe Amram does have powers. Mm -hmm. Sigzel's like, Ugh. I don't think so. Yeah, like, no. He would have shown them. But Kaladin, worst poker face on Roshar, mm -hmm. actually, he's looking at Amram and getting so mad, he starts stepping towards him while holding his spear. Yeah, yeah, not good. What is the guard situation like? There's many guards. There's so many, many of them. We've got up on the rim, Scar and Eth are in prep room from with Adeline. For all the good it will do him out on the field. <laughs> There's some at the arena. There's men at every door. And Emily, these have to be your favorite chapters in the book. They have to be? Because Moash is out on patrol. Yes. And therefore not, <laughs> not here. No, he is. What? I thought he was out on patrol. He's getting sent out on patrol. But oh. there's actually a scene with Moash. Getting sent out on getting, patrol. Yeah. So he's... <laughs> uh, I had to endure it. I had so to endure anyway. him being here. Your wife is so hard. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> this attitude is why we don't have more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my question. Moash, didn't he promise? Here, turn it so people can see me. Oh, I am also a part of this podcast. <laughs> um... So Moash had promised, like sworn up and down, that he wouldn't go back to graves or anything. But he did once to say to explain. But he promised but he, he wouldn't. Promised he wouldn't. Ugh. I think that's allowed, though. You do? Yeah. You promise you will never do it, and then you just do it one time. Yeah. I promise I won't rob any more banks. Please let me out. <laughs> that's jail. different, and you <laughs> and know it's it. Not. Besides. Bank heists are cool. And food heists. And food heists. Hey, if Moash was around, do you think he would have jumped down into the ring? Uh, maybe for Adolin. You or, mean Kaladin. Nope, yeah, he would. Well, because he's there, that's his job. Oh, okay. To protect Adolin. Speaking of, Adolin is uh, in his prep room. Mm -hmm. He's talking to his sword, and he can't think of what to say. Yeah, it's not a great auspicious start to this, yeah, but, this duel. Because yeah. as a reminder... He has challenged two people at once. Well, he's challenged one person and said, I'll fight you and anyone else you bring. We'll get to that. <laughs> he says to his sword, let's go be spectacular. Then let's wipe that smile off of Sadius's face. Yes. Ugh. The pre-dual prep does not go as planned. 
Well, everything changes because it seems like Navani is usually the one mm -hmm. who burns the glyph, mm -hmm. but instead, uh, Adolin pulls out a glyph that Shallan gave him. Uh -huh. So that's different. Yep. I mean, he did eat curry that, or chicken. And he talked to the sword. But what's missing? His mother's necklace. Uh-oh. Like, he's... I firmly remember putting it in my pocket. Yeah. But yeah. he can't find it. And Renarin sends a runner off to find it. Like, Renarin is more worried about this. Like, Adolin, I think, at this point, has kind of, like, accepted his fate. Like, <sighs> okay, it's just going to happen the way it's going to happen. And we're just going to have to go forth and do it. But, like... Like, Adolin's a professional, and he's not going to let this sh shake him. He's still going to go out onto the field. Mm -hmm. Hello. Welcome. We're recording for some of our friends on Discord, but we'd love to have you as well. It's my sister's first time through the books, and we just read the disadvantaged duel with four against one. So we're talking about it. Yeah, I've never well, read it before, right. so. I'm uh, familiar with, uh, I've only read uh, Starlight, or not. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know what the one's called. It's like a sci-fi one. Oh yeah, the, the Spencer books. Spencer books. I don't That's know which I've one that so one is. The purple covers. Help me out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have read them. Sight Those. Um, oh, Stargate. Star. Star. <laughs> Rocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this podcast isn't about those. It's okay. Oh yeah, we are recording. If you're fine with being oh, recorded, no, then no, awesome. I don't think I'm gonna say anything. I'm gonna have no valuable contributions. That's all right. <sighs> So, all of Adolin's pre-duel preparations have gone askew. Yes. Nothing like huge, but enough like small things that it's thrown him off his rhythm. But he steps out onto the field thinking there's only going to be two people there. That he has and to how do. many step out to challenge him? Four. Four men in shard plate strode out. So, we're going to rewind back to the time where this challenge actually happens mm -hmm. with Relis earlier, mm -hmm. us, who they're arguing with. And Relis asks him several times. Relis says, are you saying you'll take me on with anyone else at the same time? I am, Adolin said. I'll fight you and whomever you bring together. You are a fool, Relis breathed. And then the high judge also asks him, you realize what you've done. And I want to talk about this high judge for a second. She's a snot. <laughs> we have seen her a few other times in the book. Yeah. She has been the judge at all of Adolin's duels in this she, book. I don't think she likes him. Where, yeah, he hasn't technically broken any of the rules so far, but he has been, like, throwing them in her face. Mm -hmm. He's been, like, technically winning, but not being very sportsmanlike. So I'm going to uh, rewind to remember the duel. He's fighting a guy named Salinor, and this is the guy that he beats in, like, two minutes yeah. instead of what's supposed to be, like, a long, a long challenge. Stop! Stop! Adolin halted, lowering his foot beside Salinor's head, looking up at the high judge. The woman stood in her box, face red, voice furious. Adolin Colin, she shouted. This is a duel, not a wrestling match. Did I break any rules? He shouted back. So, during the course of this duel, this high judge will betray him. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else. So, so Emily, who do you think organized this four against one bout. I think it's Sadius. The four people strode out. Adolin's dad is freaking out, looks directly at Sadius, and is like, what is this? And Sadius is like, what? <laughs> None of those men are mine. I'm just an observer. And then Elokar says, don't be so tired, Sam. You know full well what is happening. Oh, you have to do the Elokar voice. Oh, I don't know if I can. Do you want me to do it? Yes. <laughs> Don't be so tiresome, Sadius. <laughs> you know full well what is happening. Why are there four? Is Adolin supposed to pick the two he wants to duel? And this was the part. <laughs> That's not what the character sounds like. We just make fun of him. This is the part where Sadius says, Two, when was it said that he would fight 
two. And that's when like my heart dropped. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. They just got outsmarted. Sadius marks the places where like Adolin did not confirm the duel properly. And then Dalinar growled. It was a sound Kaladin had never heard from him. The growl of a beast on a chain. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. Adolin will become the white spine uncaged, but here it's we see not, that Dalinar it's is not a, a literal. It's not white a literal spine, white spine, which I'm so happy about. Dalinar is like, we've got to tell Adolin to pull out, and then Elokart actually is the logical one about this. <sighs> I know he'll be bad again later, but for <laughs> now he's thinking clearly mm -hmm. that if we forfeit we would lose everything that we've gambled on this duel. And the reason why Adolin is doing these duels is he's trying to win a number of weapons and armor for his house to use in a war. And he's bet everything they've won so far on this. So if he backs out, that's it. <laughs> so Adolin decides that he's going to do the fight anyway. Yeah, yeah. Who's here? Okay. Relis, mm -hmm. who issued the challenge, mm -hmm. um, his Relis's cousin, Elit. Mm -hmm. Relis is in black. Mm -hmm. The man in the king's plate is Elit, and I believe the king's plate is gold. That's you know right. more than me. But also, he carries a hammer rather than a blade. He's got a hammer. He doesn't have a blade because he lost Adolin a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then two more coming in. One in orange, one in green. And thank you, Brandon, for color coding <laughs> all of these people so we could keep track of them during the fight. So one of the shard barrows is someone from Aladar's camp, who's one of Sadius's allies. But mm -hmm. uh, Emily, who's 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 holding Elokar's sword? It's his friend. I was gonna say best friend, but I'm saving that for Captain Yakimov, who's been his buddy and like cheering him on as he signs up for these duels and things. His friend has entered the dueling arena against, against him. him. Yeah, some friend. Blech. So uh, Adolin needs to win this. Like, he planned to win this two-on-one -on -one duel in a heroic way, and then he could ask for a boon from the king. But four against one, he's just he's just going to get killed. Mm -hmm. And so as everyone's cheering, as everyone's yelling, he hears a voice above all others in the stands. And who is it? It's Zahel, he thinks. Yeah, He yeah. says, one at a time, you're not cornered. Adolin's kind of like, okay, okay, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do this. And, you know, he's trying to, everyone's trying to test him and uh -huh. kind of like running up against him. And then... They're scared of you, Zahel's voice, drifted, drifting again above the crowd. Do you see it in them? Show them why. So, I would like to point out, I believe he's using magic here. Oh. He's using his investiture. He's projecting his voice. Got it. Because we know that Zahel still has a number of breaths from the life sense that we've seen from him earlier. Right. Uh, so, uh, here we go. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this clip again. They were like men with spears prodding at a white spine, and this white spine was not yet caged. So the writing in these chapters is just so fun. The mm -hmm. pacing of the action is great. It's very cinematic. You can just see it in your mind as it's <laughs> happening. Maybe you could storyboard it if you had. <laughs> a whole year off of work and all you did was draw Stormlight fan art. Alas, we don't have that option. <laughs> Um, but Emily, the fight is starting out pretty good, but then Yakimov literally stabs him in the back. Yes. Okay, not stabs, but Yakimov crashes into him in the back and sends him to the ground. So um, he did He did a pretty good show, and then he decides to yield. Which I was so surprised, because they have their entire, all six shards on, you know, yeah. on the line, and... 
he doesn't like angst about it. He's not like, oh, if I yield, oh, it'll be terrible. He's just like, nope, I almost did it and that's good enough. And he tries to yield, but I think everyone realized that was what was gonna happen. And they just pummel they him. Attacking. He cannot yield. He he says, the judge could not end the fight. If he left this duel alive, he would do so as a cripple. Oh, and the judge is in on it. So he's trying to yield and she's pretending like she can't hear him. Oh. So back up in the stance, Dalinar is freaking out and he's like, okay, uh, Elokar, I need your other shard blade. Oh, sorry, the king's blade is Gavilar's old sword. So mm -hmm. Elokar's shard blade is still free. And Elokar says no. <sighs> Wisely. No, I think At someone. This point, I wisely. Think, no, I think someone manipulated him. I think. Okay, Elokar makes an excellent point that is like Sadius wants you down there. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, Emily. Obviously, these four attackers have previously occluded. Ted says, "I can't believe someone said you'll need it to be nicer to Elkhart." Okay, these four men have previously colluded, so obviously part of the plan is if Dalinar goes down into the dueling ring, they will kill him because he doesn't have plate. Yeah. And in the time it would take to take Renarin's plate and put it on, too late. Well, here's the thing. Of course they want to kill Dalinar. Yeah. He has changed all the rules in the camp. Uh-huh. They are all pissed at him. Of course, this is their one chance, the one chance to fairly fight the Blackthorn. Yeah, right. Which I think is brilliant. I think is a really good plan. I I think whoever came up with this, as much as I hate to say it, Sadius, you did good, and I hate that. <sighs> Dalinar is like, oh my gosh, he's right, he's right, but I have to do something, I have to do something, and somebody does. Who steps out onto the field? Renarin. With no plate. No. Renarin did not have time to put his armor on. Wait. He has his blade. No! Renarin is not wearing plate. <gasps> Here we go. How did I miss Shard that? Shard blade held nervously in two hands, but wearing no plate. Oh, no. So now both of Dalinar's <laughs> sons are on the field, <laughs> and one of them has no armor and is up against four people. Well, three people with enchanted swords and someone with a really big hammer. <laughs> Sidebar, hello to the new people who've come in. We're a podcast. We're called My Sister Made Me View It, forcing her to read the Stormlight Archive. She loves it, I promise, and we're reading the fully disadvantaged duel today. Oh, it's all right, we don't mind. So, you're being recorded if you're in this room. If you make sound, it might end up on the internet. Hello, internet. Hey, <laughs> Adolin is now fighting for his life because he knows they are going to they're going they to kill him. kill him. Yeah, his plate is starting to feel heavy because the stormlight is leaking out of it and it gets heavier and heavier the more light you lose from your armor. I mean, I think that's on purpose. They're way past dueling at this point. There's there's no way this is going to be a gentleman's game. They are trying to take him down as quickly as possible because if he doesn't have any stormlight in his plate, he can't move. It's He's just going to yep. be out and gonna it's going to... Crack gonna... him open like a crab at a banquet. <laughs> <laughs> so... He turns to try and like signal the judge again, mm -hmm. and Relis says, now, Adolin, we wouldn't want to end this prematurely, would we? What glory do you think will come of such a fight, Adolin spat back? You think people will cheer you for beating a man four against one? This isn't for honor, Relis said. It's simple punishment. They have no honor, because <laughs> honor is dead! But this is when Adolin realizes that his brother's here. Yeah. No How plate. did I miss? There was no plate. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I do know you were like flipping, flipping pages because it's a good book. It's a good one. So Adolin's panicking and he realizes that the high judge is 
just sitting there calm as a cucumber mm -hmm. because he has disrespected her too many times. So Dalinar goes to the judge. He goes to Isto and says, call the fight. And he <laughs> finally tries to do what Dalinar always does, where he's like, fine, I'll end it. I'll do it. And what does she say? She says, I am the high prince here, Dalinar. In this arena, my word is the only law granted me by the authority of the king. Your son has not surrendered and he is not incapacitated. The terms of the duel have not been met and I will not end it until they have been. Have you no respect for the law? Ugh. And I, I can't physically read this fast enough. Yep. Ugh. So then he's looking down and things what's just happening? get worse and worse yeah. and worse. What's happening to Renarin? He's having one of his fits. He's he having one of physically cannot seizures. fight. Yep. He physically cannot. And there's someone coming after him. Adolin is fighting off the other three. One of them is going after Renarin, and even three on one is just impossible. Uh, the pauldron on Adolin's left shoulder explodes. Gone. So now he's like he's got bare skin against shard blades. And then Dalinar turns to the stands and he begs of the court, of his friends, of his allies, of his enemies, and he says, you can watch this. My sons fight alone. There are shard bearers among you. Is there not one of you who will fight with them? He looks at Amaram, his brand new, brand new lead of the Knights Radiant. And Amaram looks, looks away. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Boo! I hate that guy. What has happened to us, Dalinar asked. Where is our honor? And then a voice behind him says, the best line in the book. Yes. Honor is dead, but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and it's Kaladin, and he's come to save the day. So no armor, no shard blade. He takes a simple spear, and he grabs the edge of the wall and jumps over the edge into Goes. the duel below. And now we're going to get into chapter 57, To Kill the Wind. Uh, as a heads up to people coming in the Discord channel, we have you guys muted so you're not picked up on our feed, but if you type comments in the whatever, we will see them and acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Emily, we completely forgot to do the epigraph. Can you real fast do us the epigraph for White Spine Uncaged? It says, 23 cohorts followed behind that came from the contributions of the king of Makabakum. Yeah. Thank you. For though the bond between man and spren was at times inexplicable, the ability for bonded spren to manifest in our world rather than their own grew stronger through the course of the oaths given. Hey. From Words of Radiance, chapter 35, page No nine. time to get into that. We'll talk about it when we record the other half at home. Can you uh, read next epigraph for 57? <laughs> Malkin was stymied, for though he was inferior to none in the arts of war, he was not suitable for the light weavers. He wished for his oaths to be elementary and straightforward, and yet their spren were liberal as to our comprehension. In definitions pertaining to this matter, the process included speaking truths as an approach to a threshold of self-awareness that Malkin could never attain. Oh, Balrog, Emily can see. So Emily can see what you guys are typing. Basically, this is like you guys are uh, part of our live audience here. So we now have six people listening. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Y'all yeah! you, will look back on this day and be in five years and be like, oh my gosh, Dragon Seal 2022. We heard them live. <laughs> okay, so now we're in Shalom's point of view, and she is wondering why he's not surrendering. Okay. 
So I have a I have a thing I want to I want to bring up really fast. So okay. Shalon obviously goes through and she's like, I should have seen this. I should have noticed this. Like this is my duty, especially if I'm going to be his wife. And if you remember earlier in the book, we're reading Navani's journal about like I should have seen this. Yeah. I should have been able to do this. Like trying to look back and fix things that like you had no clue. Like no one could have predicted. They were going to be betrayed this hard. Because seeing the future is only for void breakers. Right. <laughs> I found that interesting that all the women are like, I should have figured this out. I should have been smarter. I should have been able to keep the people I love safe. Yeah. She thinks about going down there with her sword of fighting. Yeah. But they do not know she has mm -hmm. uh, their magic swords. And she's glaring across the crowd mm -hmm. at that supposed high, you know, radiant Amaram. Stupid So Amaram. instead, how does she decide to help? Who does she send down into the ring? She sends Pattern down to try yeah. and, like, I don't know, distract people, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, go and see if you can distract that shard bearer fighting Prince Renarin. She would not interfere with Adolin's fight, not as he'd obviously decided he needed to keep going for some reason. Okay, okay. So now we're back to Kaladin. <laughs> Kaladin's down in the ring. This is not the first time he's tried to save someone from shard bearers. Right. And what happened the last time he saved someone from a shard bearer? Um, it was great, right? It was perfect. <laughs> Nothing went wrong. Everything's fine. <laughs> All his friends were killed as a thank you for what he did. Yeah. Such, ooh. But this time, Kaladin can use a little stormlight as a treat. As a treat. <laughs> a little treat for myself. So you do glow when you use stormlight, but since it's it's high noon, nobody's going to see it. He stands back to back with Adolin. I love that. I absolutely. And here's the thing. I thought Adolin was going to be really mad about it because he's uh -huh. been mad about it the whole time. Um, he hates that Kaladin saved him on the tower. He hates that Kaladin is a part of his life at all. He hates that Kaladin's men guard his family. He hates it. Ugh. But here he's like welcomes him almost as like, hey, we're in this together. I mean, it's not as dire as the tower, but there's still some big like mm -hmm. consequences that are going to happen. And like as as riddled with protagonist's disease as Kaladin is, mm -hmm. he does take Adolin's lead here. Yes. Where Adolin's like, I can take two on one. Mm -hmm. If you can distract just one of them, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think that Adolin is like still worried about two on one, mm -hmm. but he's like, I'm the person with the sword and the armor. Yeah. It's only fair I take two of them. Who does Kaladin go up against? What color of armor? Uh, he goes to attack the one with the hammer, Elit. Okay. Is Elit yes. green? Mm, I, I think, think green hammer is orange. Oh, you're right. Green is... Hmm. We Who's definitely never, read this. never read this book before. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I remember Kaladin being like, oh, no, I forgot about green plate. I forgot yeah. about green yeah. plate. Um, but Kaladin doesn't know names. Kaladin only knows colors. <laughs> like a kindergartner. <laughs> oh, he's in over he's in over his head. Kaladin successfully uses Stormlight to lash himself using gravity to kick one of the armored shard bearers down. And what happens to his poor little feet? He does it so hard, he breaks both legs. No problem. He can I can fix it. <laughs> so he breaks both of his feet and legs and just sort of like limps upright and like, heals himself. Well, here's the thing. You, you think back in the training ground uh -huh. where he's just like, will do anything to save whoever he is going after. And I feel like this is reflected here where he's just like, 
Breaking Bones, not a problem. Let's get this done. Yeah. Like, he just does it. He's kicked Relus so hard oh. that Relus drops his sword. And, yeah. like, Relus goes face down, and there's cracks in his armor. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, Elit has the hammer. Aelin is taking on Elit at the time, but Aelin's armor is already in a bad shape because they were, like, off kicking him when he was down. Yeah. Um... And so what we have to do is he's turning back and forth between the two of them. But now, and this I thought was fun, that we know that, Sh that Shalon has sent Pattern down, mm -hmm. but Adolin and Kaladin, who are we're in their POV right now, have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So they look over, and there's a dude with his sword, and he's just, like, waving his sword at the ground. Just trying to catch it. <laughs> I'm oh. over here. But who notices that? Sil. What does she say? What is that? So, which... We didn't get an answer to. I we mean, didn't it's get an pattern. answer. We to know it. that, but we know that Sills Spren, the Honor Spren, Honor Spren, and Patterns, the Spren, Cryptics, Cryptics. <laughs> We're not we in LA. Are not professional <laughs> podcasters yet. <laughs> Once someone pays us to do it, then our standards will go way up. Don't bother. Yeah, just yeah. keep it chill. Um, yeah. yeah. This kind. <laughs> this kind. If only we could show pictures on our podcast. It's this guy. Uh, so while he is distracted, uh, Kaladin has fixed his legs enough to run around some more. And uh, Elit is trying to keep fighting Kaladin. Uh, sorry, Elit is trying to keep fighting Adolin. Kaladin gets him first. So he ducks it under the hammer and he swings in from the shoulder holding his broken spear in two hands and he smashes it into the breastplate as hard as he can. Enough that the dude's armor goes... Oh, sorry. At this point, Elit's chest is exposed. Mm -hmm. And that goes crunch. <laughs> that goes crunch. And Elit can't fix his bones because he's a weedy. <laughs> and he goes... <coughs> <laughs> Louder, Kaladin snapped at him. The man tried, out of breath. The hand he raised, however, was enough. And the judge immediately is like, okay, he's out. And I'm like, one down, three to go. <laughs> Whew. And we have about 12 minutes left before we have to yield the room to the next people. So here we go. We can do this. So Relis and... Yakimov are both going in after Adolin, mm -hmm. and the final shard bearer wearing orange is coming, having left Renarin back there. And Renarin is just sitting on the sand, head bowed, and he left his shard blade stuck into the ground in front of him. Mm. Hey, what's going so on there? So did he yield? Uh, no, he hasn't yielded yet, because remember later at the end they're like, Renarin! Yeah! Oh. And he's like, oh, what? <laughs> Bless his heart. It's his first time in the dueling ring. Yeah. So we might be yeah. Why is yeah? Why is he just sitting there? Well, I'm wondering if it was had to do something with pattern because we know later on that like one of one of the duelists like runs mm -hmm. away having obviously seen something. Yeah. So I'm wondering if. Oh wait, she doesn't know. Fuck! Oh. She, first time reader, no spoilers. First time, yeah. First time reader, no spoilers. Um, so yeah. Oh hi, this is my sister made me view it, where I make her read the Stormlight Archive for the yeah. very first time. Oh, so she read this yesterday, and we're talking about it today for our I awesome so audience good. and our friends on Discord. So. I'm really upset that I like it so much. I'm really mad about it because I was all set to not like it. Because and she recommended me a TV show to watch, and I hate it. <laughs> so, but I still have to watch the whole thing. So now she's in my debt. With, um, uh, what's it called? Fate of the Wild. Yeah. 
read them. And then I read them. They're so good. Yeah, I like when I like finally came over to like, I like these books. I just like came up to Megan and I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> so bad. We have some subtle foreshadowing here where it says Kaladin wasn't sure of the rules. <laughs> but he goes up to Elit and says, give me your helmet. So the magical armor fits to whoever's wearing it. So um, Kaladin takes his helmet and puts it on his fist like a glove. And the helm magically fits to the sides of his wrist. And yeah. now he's got a boxing glove. <laughs> I'm gonna wreck it. Absolutely looks ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. So, um, shard plate also makes you quite tall, and now Kaladin's a freak. We know this. He's like seven feet tall. Is he? So you know maybe the shard bearers aren't that much taller than him. But I love the idea of just like a little Bridgman running around and like punching up. <laughs> uppercut. Yeah. yeah. Uppercut. K O. <laughs> um. So Kaladin and Adolin have some amazing telepathy on the field. Not mm -hmm. literal telepathy, but they look at each other in the eyes and it's like, all right. Let's do this. Pattern Delta. Here we go. <laughs> they've been, not with each other, but they've been simultaneously training mm -hmm. since the attack with the assassin in white. And Kaladin mentions earlier that he's able to stare down the shard bearers with only like a bit of trepidation. And he like mentally, thank you, Zahel. <laughs> oh. So, um... Kaladin realizes he has to buy Adolin time. Mm -hmm. The wind began to blow around him. Sill returned to him, zipping through the air as a ribbon of light. Kaladin ducked another blow, then slammed his improvised shield against the blade of the other, throwing it back. Wind, motion, Kaladin fought two shard bearers at once, knocking their blades aside with the helm. He's tapping into something here. He is. Like, and it's force. like, it's coming just by like pure instinct where he's like dodging, weaving, something deeper guided his steps. He danced between those blades, cool air wrapping around him. Like everything is just going so well. And he is like doing damage and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden... He hits a wall. His stormlight runs out. Because his like, stormlight's out. Ah! <laughs> I forget that you it? have to, like, okay, so I don't play much video games. Yep. Megan's a video gamer. <laughs> because it gives me so much anxiety because you have to be like, do I have enough energy? Do I have enough shields? Like, you have to think of so many things. I'm like, I just want to walk through this world and, like, look <sighs> at stuff. But this, yeah. As it's going, they're sending a th somebody back over to Renarin mm -hmm. again. Because they threatened that if Adolin didn't yield they would kill Renarin. Yeah. And Adolin has not yielded. Yep. So instead, this is when Kaladin yells across the field, mm -hmm. Renarin, yield. Yeah. The boy looked up, storms, he'd been crying. Why is he crying? Rafo. <laughs> I hate this. I mean, um, he's sad. <laughs> anyway, Kaladin wasn't going to arrive in time. He was too slow compared to a man in plate. Because does Renarin yield? No. He closes his eyes, looking upward, as if exposing his throat. Sir, <laughs> that's not effective tactics in a duel. Oh, Renarin, I hope you find happiness. Because is that soon. an Alethi thing? To surrender? No, like, die rather than surrender. Because Sadius was telling Dalinar, I'm saving you. You're too old. I'm saving you so you don't have to go through the humiliation of not being the Blackthorn anymore. And so is this an Alethi tradition? No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. And Kaladin charges. He digs deep down, deep down, <laughs> and he dives for it as Relis is 
spinning around to swing at Kaladin instead. He slides in on his knees, and what maneuver does he perform? The Buffy Summers maneuver. The, yes! <laughs> the last clap, which we've seen Dalinar do twice, and Kaladin was like, Zahel, teach me how, and Zahel's like, no. <laughs> but Kaladin figures it out, and he catches the shard blade in his hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, what happens? Relis is freaking out about something, uh-huh. yelling about, like, I didn't kill you. He shrieks. He runs across. And, like, he's screaming. Like, this is a grown man in shard plate running. Wait, right. He has shard plate on? Yeah. Well, real fast. Kaladin hears the screaming, too. Yes. Okay. Why could he hear screaming inside his head? Was that Syl's voice? We know she hates shard blades. Yeah. But we don't see her, and so I'm I'm nervous. Yep. I'm really nervous. She's probably fine. Is she? <laughs> oh, no. Brandon has never killed a main oh, character no. before, ever. <laughs> I don't know where you get that idea. <laughs> Certainly not from Elantris or Warbreaker or Mistborn. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, so Relis, like you were saying, he drops his blade and screaming... And the arena grew still, and the judge finally calls it, like, he forfeited. He left. Okay. Oops. (laughs) So, hey, Emily, what's that about? I just said I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, listen, we're running running out of uh, our allotted time in the room, so we're going to end on a high. Yakimov is the last one there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Kaladin puts a knife to an opening in Yakimov's armor and is again after after Aelin does the thing. Oh yeah, after, after What is how does Aelin defeat him? Oh yeah, because his shard plate is so heavy, he like has grappled him and pulled him back to the ground. Defeated his friend with a final hug. <laughs> Friendship a goodbye over. hug. And yeah. then yeah, Kaladin again riddled with protagonist's disease says, <laughs> "You're going to yield." Or do I get to kill my second shard bearer? Oh, that was so good. Because, I mean, like, they've just seen Kaladin do incredible things. Like, of course they believe he could do that to them. Do you know what? We've got three minutes left. I think we have to talk about it. Yes. This is my most hated moment in all of the books. See, I thought it was perfect. I'm so glad for you. Okay. Why do you hate it? It's embarrassing. Listen, I want you guys to imagine that the crowd is cheering. Adolin, we've, we've completed what we wanted to do, which is like a fantastic show. And we're going to call on this old, you know, tradition that lets you ask a boon of the king. And Adolin stands up and is like, I want. And so, like, Elokar knows his lines for once. Gloria, <laughs> dual master. This is my Elokar voice. I'm so sorry. I'm greatly pleased by what you've accomplished today. This was a fight the like of which has not been seen in Alethkar for generations. You've pleased your king greatly. <laughs> They're cousins. Anyway. Uh, and then he offers Adolin a boon. Name what you wish. Like pointing to Adolin. Name your boon. And Adolin, just like we rehearsed, says, I want to challenge Sadius. And then, basically, Kaladin leans out from behind him and goes, and I challenge Yamaram. And it's like, this is not about you. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, he screams what Amaram did to the crowd. Yeah, he killed my friends. He branded me a slave. He, you know, covered up the murder. 
So, so Emily read this for the first time yesterday. And when Elokar yells, arrest him, Emily goes, yay! And I'm like, <laughs> I thought they were going to arrest Amaranth. They're not be arresting okay. Amaranth. <laughs> All right. But that is where we are going to pause our coverage for today. We do have to make space for the next podcast that's going to be in here. We want to thank you all for coming to our very first live recording. How many people did I predict would be in the audience? Four. Ha! Thank you for coming in at the very end. You came under the wire. Anyway, so if you guys want to find us online, we're called My Sister Made Me View It. Right now we're going through the Stormlight Archive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also do the 1999 Roswell television series. And then we have a miscellaneous feed where we've covered the first 10 episodes of Our Flag Means Death. And we'll soon be getting into One to Watch, a book by Kate Stamen London. Yep. Um, Thank you all for coming. This was a delight. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves. You guys weren't here at the beginning, so we're like, well, I know who you are. I'm Emily. Uh, Yeah, so uh, real fast, my name's Megan. I am a director and a storyboard artist working in animation. Currently, I'm directing on season four of Star Trek Lower Decks. I started reading Brandon's stuff in 2007, and I haven't shut up about it since. And my sister is Emily. I'm just here for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) My sister edits our podcast. She's also a writer, editor, um, but mostly we just hang out. Yeah. Time's so up. enjoy the rest of your Dragon Steel Con mm-hmm. and uh, have a good night. Yeah. Part two. Follow up at our house that night. Testing, 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 podcast test. No, that was my sound. <laughs> Megan podcast fest. I will warn you, though, it is spicy. No. <laughs> Why are you so mean to me? That's a spicy coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to love it again. Look away. You're going to waste my diet. (laughs) I told you it's spicy. (laughs) It almost went on my nose. That's not where food goes. (laughs) You must not have a very good mouth. (laughs) Oh, it betrayed me today. Hi, everyone. Megan betrayed me today. I have to tell you something. (laughs) So we're back at our house. Uh, we had a great time at the remainder so of Dragonsteel. Uh, we stopped by Wendy's on the way home. And Emily, what did you order at I Wendy's? I ordered a regular freaking chicken sandwich. And I ordered a spicy freaking <laughs> chicken sandwich. <laughs> we home. Because they don't put pickles on the spicy sandwich. And I know you can order a sandwich with no pickles, but sometimes the humans forget. Mm-hmm. And they put pickles on your sandwich anyway. And it infects the whole sandwich. A whole sandwich with pickle this. <laughs> <laughs> so we get home we sit down and i've been eating fries out of the the bag with the smaller combo which is what i ordered and so emily pulls out her sandwich and wraps it this is i hope you guys are enjoying this intermission in our episode <laughs> i don't you know i'm not paying attention to she unwraps her sandwich i'm playing video games but then she takes a bite and just goes uh, this is spicy. 
physically recoiled like she was trying to get away from the sandwich in her mouth. And I'm like, you can spit it out. And with tears, <laughs> tears in her eyes, she starts chewing and says, I don't want to waste it. It's your sandwich. I'm like, I don't want it back. <laughs> so anyway, black pepper is too spicy for Emily. It scared me and honestly. <laughs> Try hiding from it in the tall, dry grass. <laughs> I just want to go away. <laughs> It was scary. Are <laughs> you saying the call was coming from inside the mouth? <laughs> so we had a great time at Dragon Seal. Oh Steel. my goodness. Shout out to the eventually four people <laughs> that sat in and listened to us. And thank you so much to everyone who tuned in for as long as they could on the Discord. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We may try... Oh, yeah, uh, we started a Discord this week, but it's kind of just for, like, people we know. Yeah. <laughs> the ground floor people. If we ever open up a Patreon, then that'll be a Patreon perk. Um, but it was great, and I hope you all enjoyed the fun announcements and spoilers that came out of Dragonsteel Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily and I covered our first two chapters in the 45 minutes we had to record. We may back up a little bit to talk a bit more about the the end of chapter 57, uh, just because we had to really rush to get to the end. But all in all, for our first live record, I think it went pretty well. I think we did pretty good. Yeah. (coughs) Um, Shout out to the poor person who came in late and didn't realize we were a spoiler-free podcast and started to volunteer a piece of information because i said why did this particular thing happen and he goes actually it's because of and one of our audience members and me at the same time go (laughs) you guys listened you were there you know so emily and i are still wearing our dragon steel badges i may always wear it when we record because i feel so official with it on so megan told me that they only sold Five thousand. Five thousand of these. Well, they initially sold uh thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred and it sold out so fast that they got a new venue and decided to open up more badge orders. Yeah. Megan got me badge number four thousand nine hundred and eighty five. I almost didn't get into the convention. And I would have just recorded by myself. Oh, <laughs> but uh anyway. It was also very funny if you guys listened. We introduced ourselves at the end of our <laughs> at the end of our record. Um, it was great. So Emily, I want to jump back to a mm-hmm. thing that you missed on your first read through. Okay, Renarin was not wearing his oh shard plate. How did I miss that? I want to talk more about Renarin. Okay, let's so, do it. I love him. He's wonderful. He, he wanted to protect his brother. Yeah, we don't get his point of view. Adolin and Kaladin are both fighting on the other end of the arena from him. Um, and so just a couple things happen that are pretty weird. Do we get a Renarin point of view at one point in the book? He hasn't been listed. Yet? Um, I'm obviously going to Ray focus question. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> I thought maybe today was a special occasion. You could tell me something. Okay. Her eyes are like flitting back and forth. Okay, so you know how... Kaladin is the flashback character for book one, and Shalon is the flashback character for book two. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that Brandon has told us all ten of the flashback characters. We know who's going to be the flashbacks for each book. It is Renarin. That's one. a thing that That's I told a- you. Okay, thank you. Ugh. 
because it's a special day. You should know that I know you spoilers. Know. <laughs> um, apparently in Brandon's spoiler panel he did today, he read an excerpt. Shout out Sean and Jack. He read an excerpt from the upcoming book five. Oh, and Megan podcasted with me instead of going. So, like, not to sound spoiled, <laughs> but I get to see cool dragon steel people more often than most people because I, like, am, I'm in the Utah author scene. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, like, I got to I got to see Brandon on the Writing Excuses cruise, and I have other, you know, dragon steel connected friends that I, I get to see sometimes. So, like... I don't want to say that it's not special, but, like, let the other young ladies have a chance to exhibit. <laughs> nice. Ah, <coughs> oh, not nice. <coughs> That's my... <laughs> okay, that was karma, honestly. <laughs> so, Renarin, Renarin, he has been... Shoved aside. Okay, he is always trying to run in to help during a battle. Yeah, he tried during Chasm Fiend. Yep. And um, he's he tr- training with mm-hmm. Zahel. He tried to step forward during the Assassin in White, and Dalinar sent him away. Mm-hmm. And now he's finally come out onto the field. He starts having an epileptic seizure. Mm-hmm. And we know that Shalon sent Pattern over to help him. And then the guy who was supposed to be working on Renarin, whatever Pattern did, this guy is just pointing around on the ground chasing him. I think he was trying to, like, stab. He must have been trying to stab Pattern, yeah. And when we finally cut back to Renarin, he is sitting hands folded with his shard blade stabbed into the ground. Mm -hmm. And then when one of the shard bearers goes back for him, he, like, accepts that his death is coming. And it was very reminiscent to me of Sen, the the boy oh, who was in Kaladin's yeah. squad in the very first chapter, mm-hmm. who just closed his eyes when the shard bearer was coming for him, and wow, Renarin, ouch, buddy, yeah. and he he doesn't yield, and Kaladin has to like save him, pull the guy <laughs> off of him. Oh, could you imagine sitting in the audience for this duel no well especially when dalinar comes before them and begs them to who has honor who will help my sons and no one does i don't like we had to really move through the chapters and so we may bounce back a little bit and talk about Mm -hmm. some of these things but like the idea that that such a powerful man who is such a good man who is trying desperately to change the kingdom, yet the way he's going about it, he's made himself some very powerful enemies, and they would rather see children die during a duel than lift a finger to help this person. And then the other thing I want to talk a little bit more about is the screaming shard blade. Yes. Because Kaladin (laughs) pulls off a last clap. Mm -hmm. Amazing. He catches the shard plate and then he hears screaming inside his head. Yeah. And the man who is holding the shard blade reacts as well. So I would like to posit that when Kaladin touched the blade, the man holding it heard the screaming too. Mm-hmm. And that's why he said, I didn't kill you. It wasn't me. I'm wondering if Renarin heard it because he was right there. He wasn't touching that sword. Though. He wasn't Their touching sword. I just wondered like... If it was just like in the vicinity of earshot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so one of the things we had to gloss over is as Adolin is trying to win the duel, uh, Relis. Relis is the one who is just like, if you don't yield, we will kill your brother. So this goes from, hey, this is an all, this is all in good fun. Well, okay, here's the thing. Maybe this is unfair. I feel that Dalinar and Adolin... Adolin says they may use Renarin against us. Okay. It's okay, just to yeah. keep him busy. He doesn't want to hurt him. As long as you're willing to keep up what you promised and have a good duel with us, surrender like a coward or get the king to end the bout, and Abrabadar's sword might just slip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Yakimov. How dare you be a part of this? Yakimov didn't reply, and Adolin could not see his face behind his green helm. I'd like to say a color theory thing here. Okay. I think Yakimov is envious of Adolin. With the green? Green with the envy. I like that. Yep. Um, I was going to say that this went from, like, dueling for fun. You know, that's what dueling is. It's yeah. a way to pass the time to... Hey, we're gonna up the ante by dueling for shard blades yep. to dueling hey, with a purpose. Hey, we're gonna up the ante even further, and we may kill or cripple you. Yeah, as a punishment, like it's become much more bloodthirsty. Things have become much more dire. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna spend more time talking about once Kaladin gets on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gross. They put so much extra spice in my <laughs> diet coke. When Kaladin jumps onto the sand, he says to Sill. This had better end differently than it did last oh, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she says... It will. Trust, trust me. me. Um, so as he's fighting and, like, gets into the fray, there's a bit where Kaladin is watching Adolin fight. The prince fought desperately against his two opponents, swinging his blade back and forth between the men on either side of him. And storms. He was good. Kaladin had never seen this level of skill from Adolin on the practice grounds. Nothing there had ever challenged him this much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what Sadius has said, that Adolin is the greatest duelist of our time. And even Dalinar has been like, my son has grown so much. And like, this is when we get to see mm-hmm. Adolin go. And if Shalon was not in love with Adolin before, if she didn't have the hots for him before, she's definitely like, <laughs> oh, wowie. So, I want to touch on, and maybe I'm reading into this much too far, but remember when, do you remember, Megan? Do when you remember <laughs> when Emily ate a spicy sandwich <laughs> and it nearly sent her right under <laughs> to the land where Hades is gay. <laughs> ah, 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 it's the hot one! <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Ah! Anyway, do I, I remember? I um, <laughs> do you remember when Dalinar <laughs> shark played for all the bridge? <laughs> do you remember? Was that funny to you? When Dalinar traded his shard blade for oh, all the bridgemen's lives. I'm trying to get myself under control. So here now I we was know. so nervous, Emily. you guys. I was sweating so bad before oh, yeah. it even started. And I'm still trying to come down off of it. Consider taking your coat off if you're sweating. Oh, yes, I remember when Dalinar gave up his Oathbringer sword yes. for the bridgemen. 
And he talks about this. Okay, because I have a theory. You have a theory. And it's it's probably way out there. One, Oathbringer. It's priceless, which is the price, the, the worth of a man, the worth of all these bridgemen. It was priceless. And so he was totally great to give up his shard blade. Mm-hmm. But when he's trying to convince people, when Dalinar's trying to convince people to let Adolin... Duel them? Not duel them. Um, yield. Mm-hmm. To give up the give up the thing. They're like, you're going to lose six shards. Like... Oh, his son is worth six shards. Mm-hmm. I just, I just wondered if that was, like, on purpose of, like... I mean, I'm sure it was. But just the idea of he hesitates a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. I think someone has mind whammied Dalinar. Okay. With, um, with, uh, Amaram because he's just not acting like the Dalinar we know. Well, something, something to know is, um, Dalinar hasn't been a point of view character for a while. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know what's going on in his head. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's on purpose. So we don't see the whammy. Yeah. Just like, we'll get to it. But just by the end of it, I was... I mean, I understand why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. This is not me being like, I don't know what I wanted out of this. I totally get why why Dalinar acted the way he did by the end of the next chapter. Yeah. But it also seems a little out of character for me, just what he's doing and how he's doing it. Like, like I feel like what Kaladin did on the tower would, like, not put Dalinar in debt to Kaladin for life, but close enough, like almost like a yeah. life debt sort of a thing. And Kaladin made a social faux pas yeah. and that's it. Dalinar's just getting rid of him. Listen, I understand it was a big, it was a yeah, big yeah. one, but we, I'm saying. We will have to rafo that because we are going to get into the chapter with okay, Dalinar. Okay. Um, I would like to say I got a big laugh in the room for my Elokar voice. Yeah. And that was a very gratifying <laughs> Kaladin, honestly, of the four, Kaladin takes out two of the shard bears. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This was amazing. Kaladin's amazing. He just has a spear that's already been, like, sheared off. Like, he's literally just being incredible. Like, I was starting to be like, hmm, Kaladin. <laughs> I'm watching Ruxia films in my head right now thinking about this fight. Mm-hmm. I want a House of Flying Daggers, this sequence. Okay. Done. Do it. Storyboard it. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay, this scene is actually on my list. So so I think when we started recording, I talked about how some of my favorite scenes of the whole series. Mm-hmm. This fight is one of my favorite scenes of the whole yeah. series, which is counteracted by Kaladin taking the boon and everyone turning on him is one of my least favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just that Kaladin asks for the boon. It's like the immediate... It ruins everything. Yeah, yeah. Like if there's there's listen, we will, we will get to that when we talk about that. But um, I want to shout out because we really had to go fast over the moment where Kaladin gets to Adolin after mm-hmm. the fight's over. Yeah, and like these two have been sniping at each other through the whole book, and they've been suspicious of each other through the whole book. And like Adolin does not trust him, but here, um. He gets he he finally gets over to Adolin, who's immobile in his plate, and he is laughing. He is laughing himself silly. Kaladin sat down beside the prince as Adolin laughed himself silly. 
tears streaming from his eyes. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever done, Adolin said. Oh, wow. Ha. I think I just won three full suits of plate and two blades. Because while Adolin put his six up, and they're like, oh, what an easy prize for the taking. Yeah. Now that he's won, he gets everything those four men brought. Yeah. Does that include the the hammer? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What is I mean, the hammers used by shard bearers are worn through quite quickly. That's true. So So they're kind of worthless. They're like um, Breath of the Wild hammers. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this just... How ridiculous. Like, like this feels like it came completely... I'm sure it feels like it came completely out of left field for the the spectators. Because, I mean, you, you're you sitting there and one person comes out versus four people. Like, you know this is going to be over quickly. And it goes in the completely opposite direction that you think it is. And shame on all of you. Like, he won. Yeah. He won. You could have done something about it. You could have been a part of this glorious, you know, upset. And I am so ashamed of all the high princes. Like, but the thing is, like, it's not like the king could command them to go help. Like, Aelin agreed to the, he agreed to we do play it. the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. Uh, remember earlier where Adolin's like, but it's just a game. It doesn't mean anything. And Adolin's like, it is the game everyone is playing. Kaladin said it didn't mean anything, yes. right? Okay. Kaladin said it didn't mean anything. Um, one thing I would like to put a sparkle around mm-hmm. is when Kaladin challenges Amaram, the look on Amaram's face oh, when yes. he realizes Kaladin survived. Yeah. Yeah. And like has watched Kaladin take down two more shards. Like... Not only does he recognize him, but Emily Kaladin taking down shard bearers with only his spear proves proves he is a dangerous man. Like, Kaladin is proving to everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it it proves that, I mean, what an outlandish claim. A dark eye says that he killed a full shard bearer. Mm -hmm. And now we see Kaladin taking out multiple shard bearers on the field. Mm -hmm. Amaram better be scared. I mean, Kaladin has won by right of conquest, like, some of the shards on this day. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Emily, if Adolin were to offer Kaladin a shard blade. I don't, ooh, I initially would say I don't think he would take it. Okay. Just because he had that conversation with Syl and how she didn't want him to have it. Mm-hmm. But he did say, like, eventually I'm going to need to learn I'm to gonna use I'm going to need it. one to fight mm-hmm. Seth, so... So I think he would have to have another conversation with Syl, and she would need to be a little more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, she's being kind of kind of squirrely, which, you know, I don't think she always knows what's going on. She's still, like, learning and getting smarter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the idea, because, I mean, we got to this in the thing. Uh, Adolin's able to ask for the boon, and Kaladin immediately does the same thing. But the, okay, there are so many good portions to this. But yeah, like what you said, when Amaram, it's the slow realization of, oh, bleep. You know? Oh, storms. Yeah. <laughs> Which, listen, I'm I'm hoping this is setting up 
oh, how the mighty have fallen sort of a thing. Because if Amaram has been like, I'm a knight's radiant, I can do all this stuff. And Kaladin shows up and he's the one that actually can do it. And Amaram can't perform. (laughs) He just can't get it up. (laughs) (laughs) To me, that would be like the most delicious thing of just like, listen, okay, these are book characters. I, I, I don't feel bad rooting for people's downfall because they're imaginary characters like, they're a metaphor there you go um but i am just absolutely loving the idea of amram completely getting his comeuppance from i mean it's hubris it's it's yeah. greek hubris all over again you you try so hard to avoid the fate that you've been you know dealt and you end up bringing it to your own doorstep like mm-hmm. amram has set this all up He's the one that did this. But uh, Kaladin's in chains again. Yeah! Okay, can you read the epigraph to 58? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is 58, never again. So... So Malishi retired to his tent and resolved to destroy the Voidbringers upon the next day. But that night did present a different stratagem related to the unique abilities of the bondsmiths. And being hurried, he could make no specific account of his process. It was related to the very nature of the heralds and their divine duties, an attribute the bondsmiths alone could address. From Words of Radiance, chapter 30, page 18. For such exciting chapters... The last few epigraphs have been quite dry. <laughs> yeah, like I was trying to read them through at the at the live reading, yeah. and I'm just like, well, more on that later. <laughs> now it's Night Court. Now it's an old TV show. No, it's an old show. So Elokar is furious. Oh, he's so mad. But it's I don't think he's mad. That they messed up the saddiest plan. Like, I feel like that almost went over his head. He's mad about a dark eyes challenging, quote, a man so high above his station, the gap between them could hold a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Emily, a few of our episodes ago, okay, you said, oh, no. I bet for saving his life, I don't remember exactly what it was, but that Elokar would award Kaladin a princedom a knighthood and i'm like no i don't think so dalinar is fighting elokar on Mm -hmm. this yeah and elokar is like didn't even want kaladin to fight in the ring apparently oh Uh, we say here if uh i don't agree with letting a dark eyes duel shard bearers if you hadn't held me back Bah, I won't stand for this, uncle. I won't. Common soldiers challenging our highest and most important generals. It is madness. Why? Because they're going to get shown up and nobody wants to light eyes to get embarrassed? Yep. Ugh. Well, uh, Thaddeus, what are you looking at? I'm afraid there was crackles for a second. Do you mind holding just a second? So, Thaddeus responded to the challenge. Mm-hmm. What is his? Yes, I will duel Adolin in a year. In a year. Was there any other stipulation? That was it. And it was just because of the chaos, right? Yeah. And Elokar saying we needed that moment in the arena um, to pin him down to shame him. You stole that moment because Elokar sends the guards after Kaladin, and the whole thing devolves into mm-hmm. chaos. 
And then Elokar says, this is what you get for putting a slave in charge of our guard. When, remember earlier, yeah. Elokar's always, like, talking to his guards and being like, why can't you be more like Kaladin? Why can't you be amazing like Kaladin? Kaladin is so much better than you. Just because he's so much better than you. And I am so frustrated because... You said this a couple times during when we were doing the live thing, but Elokar knowing his lines and knowing what to say. And all of a sudden, he's going off script, like super far off script. And I'm not going to name names about billionaires who, you know, think they know what they're doing when they buy up specific companies and then go, oh, just kidding. Hold on. I I mean, no, we never did that. Um, uh, uh, uh. Comedy's legal again, as long as you don't make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of like this is what will save the this is what will save the website. Everyone, you can be whoever you want to be for eight dollars. Oh, just kidding. We tanked someone's company by several billion dollars. Uh we we uh. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Elokar can't improv. No, he can't. And he throws out execution like there's it doesn't even escalate it's just we will kill this man yep it is the punishment for slandering a high lord it is the law and the dalinar says but you can punish any crime as king don't tell me you honestly want to see this man hanged after what he did today would you stop me elokar said i wouldn't stand for that that's certain am i king elokar asked mm. of course you are you don't act like it you're going to have to decide something, uncle. I won't continue letting you rule, making a puppet of me. Someone, okay, here's what I believe. Uh -huh. I believe someone pointed that out to Elokar. And I believe someone is trying to get Elokar, like, feeling all sad about, oh, you know, oh, Dalinar's the one that's, you know, I think someone sat down and explained to him, oh, you haven't seen this, but this is what's going on. Listen, okay. I don't feel very bad being mean to Elokar. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> That's no secret. <laughs> he is a great character for this. Like, yeah. His character in power would make a lot of people nervous, and it has. We've got Moash, we've got, is it Greaves or Graves? Graves. Graves. We've got people who are not happy. Like, I don't like Elokar, but his position in such a high point of power uh -huh. makes for great, a great plot. Yeah. Like, really, really well done. Because, am I king? Technically, yes. But technically, you're also an ass. Because, you know? like, we all listen to Dalinar. And mm -hmm. everyone does what Dalinar says. Yeah. And here's something to think about. Elokar is king of Alethkar. Mm -hmm. When was the last time he was at the capital? I don't think, I wouldn't think since they've come out to the Shattered Plains. Yeah, so like his wife, the queen, is running the day-to-day -day stuff in the castle, in the capital. Elokar is not ruling the nation. He's throwing feasts and parties out at the Shattered Plains. He's Plains. barely ruling the war camps. Yeah, Dalinar's ruling the war camps. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, but... Oh no, Elokar is the king. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to unite them and blah blah blah. And he just keeps taking power from people. Mm -hmm. But he's like, oh, but 
Elokar's really king, and he's not. I mean, Delinar beat the sh- out of Elokar <laughs> at the end of the last book. And and here's the thing: we're all okay with Delinar doing this because we like like we're on his side. But if Sadius was the one coming in and stealing power and doing this, we would be in an uproar because he's not on our side and therefore he's bad. And it's just interesting to be like, well, what can we forgive and what technically goes against the law versus what you feel in your heart is right versus what you're supposed to do morally, ethically, whatever. Now, Elokar leaves. And then Dalinar and Kaladin have a conversation. So, um, Dalinar, so the king leaves, and then Kaladin is like, he's such a hypocrite. Yeah, Kaladin immediately trash talks him. Dalinar, in his quiet dad voice, is like, you protected my sons, you justified my faith in you before the entire court, unfortunately, you threw it away. And then Kaladin, who I think is in the wrong here, mm-hmm. he asked me for a boon, Kaladin snapped. It seems I got one. He asked Adolin for a boon. Kaladin was in on the planning meetings. He knew what this was. He knew how important it was. And he overshadowed it in the name of what Delinor calls petty vengeance, which we know is a hot button topic for Kaladin. Yeah. Because uh, Emily... What does Dalinar say about Amaram? This is where my theory comes from because Dalinar says, I don't know where you got this idea about Amaram. And we find out that Dalinar is like, well, I went and checked, but Amaram didn't get his shards until after you were already asleep. Like, he's like, I went and systematically have proven your story wrong. And I have light eyes and dark. Like, I feel like this was insulting to be, to say, I got light eyes word and dark eyes word like Kaladin I went to your people and your people were the mm-hmm. one who swore up and down that this had happened you're wrong about him soldier you're just plain wrong and then Kaladin zings with if he is so honorable then why didn't he fight to save your this sons this is one of the best lines that I've seen in the entire book so far uh-huh. because Dalinar can't argue that because Amaram like wouldn't if I remember correctly wouldn't look Dalinar in the eye when Dalinar was begging for someone to save his sons and he wouldn't and I want to know how he's going to explain that to Dalinar or if he's just you know if Dalinar has got to like just ignore that as part of the game Uh, and then you know Dalinar's Dalinar's like body language wise he's standing up he's walking away he's trying to indicate to Kaladin this conversation is over mm-hmm. we've had we've all said what we're going to say yeah and Kaladin mutters they'll have a tough time forcing me to go to prison this is the second best line of the whole book and then Dalinar roars so like last like last chapter Dalinar growled yeah. now he roared and he just and I'm imagining like Kaladin eyes wide of um Instead of a dark lord, you will have a queen! <laughs> and he's just like, wah! You know, Bilbo Baggins! <laughs> and Dalinar is like, have you not felt what is coming? Have you not seen how this kingdom squabbles? And he just, you'll go to prison! Okay, no, here it is. Stop being a child and start being a soldier. You'll go to prison and you'll go happily. That's an order. Do you listen to orders anymore? Now, here's the thing. 
We know from the last book, poor Dalinar tries to rule with logic and mercy and justice in like a balance. Mm -hmm. Nobody listens to him. <laughs> and he has to resort to his Blackthorn power. Mm -hmm. That's what he had to do with Elokar. That's what he finally has to do with Kaladin is like force is what the Alethi all understand. Mm -hmm. And I feel this took something from Dalinar to have to do this. To order his, yeah. his, like I said, Kaladin, Kaladin did, he's done multiple things no one should be able to do for Dalinar. He saved him in an impossible situation. <laughs> and he saved his sons, like, from... Shardfish! <laughs> <laughs> and so the idea that... I think Dalinar's at war inside himself. Because we've talked about his bias about, oh, you're born noble. And so if you're mm -hmm. born a light eyes, you're just noble. And the idea that a dark eyes could be better than a light eyes. I think... I think unconsciously he's starting to like try and try and overcome his internal way of thinking yes. and it's kind of freaking him out. There's a there's a very patronizing line in here that I don't think Dalinar realizes. Careful, uh that's spicy. It's spicy. In protecting my sons, you justified my faith in you before the entire court. It's the expectation that it's Kaladin's responsibility to be a good example of someone from the lower caste to prove to the light eyes that the dark eyes deserve better. Mm -hmm. When it's not Kaladin's responsibility to perform perfection to earn human dignity and rights. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that is what Dalinar was expecting of him. And... Again, Dalinar is probably coming from a positive angle on this. It's one of these unconscious biases that we ta we've talked about so much in our story. We've even seen it like addressed in this book when, in the last book when Sigzel was like, you know, other places they don't divide people by light eyes and dark eyes. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, that's ridiculous. Of course, that's how people are supposed to be divided. And we're also seeing it in this book in, like, these very strict gender roles mm -hmm. that it was very shocking for Shalon that Tin liked Wendy's spicy chicken sandwiches <laughs> because... What a weirdo. <laughs> weirdo because, you know, obviously life is only supposed to go this particular way. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a little into the weeds here. And this is something that, spoiler, we're going to talk about more in part three because okay. there are other conversations that touch on this. But it's... Kaladin's I said the last in the last book that I think the one thing in this book that misses the mark is how Brandon tackles the caste system and the social inequality. I mean, only four out of the ten books have been written. So. I know. So so we might we might get there, but it's that the dark eyes have to be a good example before the light eyes will consider mm -hmm. treating them better. I mean, I kind of like this because I feel it highlights the hypocrisy of the light eyes mm -hmm. because they go around. Remember the guy who wasn't going to pay the prostitute? Yeah. You know, he 
wasn't being honorable. Mm-hmm. I think he was a light eyes. Maybe he I'm, was. Maybe yeah. I'm not. You know, making my own point. But but the idea that yeah they are expecting this of the dark eyes to be like well prove to us how good you are prove to us that you can be like us when they're just a bunch of idiot humans as well yeah well listen warning we'll talk about this a little more but um we have a little bit of a slice into Sadius's <gasps> worst afternoon ever I was fed manna from heaven with <laughs> this because. Sadius has been shaken to his core, but he has to pretend like everything's fine. Like he has to wait until he gets alone till all of a sudden be like, oh my gosh, they almost got me. Like that was too close. Like it's not even a relief. It's like, this is bad. Like he's not relieved at all. He's just like, this is bad. Ugh. And, uh, he, for Shardbearers, even allowing for the help of that slave, it was now obvious that Adolin was at last growing into the man his father had once been. I, okay, I'm nervous uh-huh. because you remember in the last last chapter, Sadius is like doing like, we will watch your career with great, great interest. interest. Yeah, and, and the idea that he's seen Adolin as an asset Adolin Skywalker. Yeah, it's freaking me out because, okay, so here's the thing. I mentioned this a little bit, but I thought that this section of chapters was going to be Adolin jumping the gun. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Something something Sadius. Challenging Sadius. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was Adolin that was going to be ruining this whole thing. And instead, it was Kaladin. And the idea that that could still be a possibility because Adolin has to work really hard to not let Sadius get under his skin. And I think Sadius is going to try and do everything he can so that in a year's time, maybe Adolin will throw the match. Okay. Just because. Yeah. Hey, Emily. What? Tell me what this year is going to be like. Oh my gosh. Waiting for the duel. I feel like it's either going to be Sadius trying to, not undermine, but but play off people's weaknesses to make him come across as looking a lot better mm-hmm. and maybe doing everything he can, not to get out of it, but to uh, to have people look at it and be like, why are we doing this again? Do we really need to do this? Like really like up his PR game by like to the power of like the nth degree. And how many days do we have left before the Everstorm oh, comes? Oh, we only have like 62 or like 62 or 38. It was something like 36, that. 36, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so, so we might not even get to a duel in a year. Yeah, imagine the Everstorm comes. Mm-hmm. And Whatever that, what do you think that means when it comes to the end of all worlds, the end of all nations? Because, okay, remember, I was like, please don't let White Spine Uncaged be a literal White Spine. Please let it be, like, a metaphor. And it was! It was Adolin. But I'm afraid that, like, the Everstorm might actually be, like, a literal, like, high wind, high storm to end all high storms. Or or the, the I don't know. I don't know. That's That's the answer is, like... Is it a person? Is it a person that comes? Like, what if it's... Remember how Gavilar was killed because he was trying to bring 
the gods back. Uh huh. I'm wondering if because Dalinar doesn't understand what he's doing when he writes the glyphs down. He uh-huh. doesn't know uh-huh. where he is when he's in his visions. Visions. I'm almost worried that whatever force this is that has their, I'm going to say claws in him at this point. Like, even though I feel like they're getting a lot of really good information, like I'm worried that Dalinar's going to be in a trance and go do what it, the listeners don't want and bring the God back, the Ooh. ever storm that comes to break the world. So let's say the ever storm comes and the world breaks in this apocalyptic scenario does Sadius keep undermining us or does Sadius join us to face a bigger threat? I think he's really smart and I think he wants to survive but come out on top. Okay. So here's the thing and maybe this is an unfair answer. I think he would join and keep trying to get himself on top and undermine everybody. Okay. That's great. Write it in your notebook. Okay. Eli comes in and Sadius just says, Organize your informants, every spy you have, every source, find me something, something to hurt him. She nodded. And after that, Sadius said, it will be time to make use of those assassins you've planted. That's right. We were talking about that at the beginning of the book. So, what could hurt Dalinar the most? His kids. Okay. Something happening to his kids. And I think it might be... Getting one of his kids over to Sadius's side, like breaking the family up. Now, Adolin seems pretty strong, but Renarin. Okay, you pointed this out that Renarin keeps trying, and Dalinar keeps pulling him back, which for reasons that make complete sense. You know, he he went out on the field and had an epileptic yeah attack. I, he went out. He rushed out to help. So Renarin always rushes in unprepared. Mm. His he is absolutely willing to help every time and he is never properly equipped for the situation he's running into. Mm-hmm. Not with the chasm fiend, not against Zeth, and he came out on the field without his plate. Granted, it's because Renarin sees and something big is coming mm-hmm. and he rushes out to go for it without taking the time to prepare for it first. Mm-hmm. But um I love what you've just brought up you. of the potential of Everyone's talking about Adolin, golden boy alien. alien. (laughs) Picture, if you will, a naming of champions. Okay. And Sadius says, you'll have to fight my proxy instead. (gasps) No! Megan! Why would I picture that? That's as bad as spicy chicken. (laughs) Now your imagination works. Anyway, anyway, well, listen, we're going to wrap this up because Kaladin, okay, so Kaladin didn't get taken to the palace. No. Oh, oh, this is important. Kaladin did not get taken to the palace. He got taken to Dalinar's war camp. He got put under Dalinar's protection. Mm-hmm. So when the king and the Dalinar, the king and the Dalinar, when the king and Dalinar were fighting, it was literally on Dalinar's turf, surrounded yeah. by men loyal to him. And I think that might be another one of the reasons why Alucard was so... Am I king? <laughs> man, any man who has to ask that, the answer is The no. answer is definitely no. Um, well, okay. Um, I think that's another reason. Okay, again, maybe I am coming off a little too harsh on Elokar, but he just assumes 
that everything's fine and he's going to be okay. Like, I didn't even think about that. Like, he's he's challenging the Blackthorn in the midst of men who are loyal to the Blackthorn. Yes, he's king, but he doesn't act like a king. We, we've heard this story with Moash, how Elokar used his power for personal gain. I mean... I'm afraid Elokar is going to get a really nasty wake-up call. And instead of learning something, he's going to, like, freak out in the opposite direction. Freak out! <laughs> and, like, react in a way that's, like, completely off the deep end. But for him is reasonable. Okay, so something that's just making me giggle a little bit is Terabangian's goal is political upheaval. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even touched Elokar's not on the list. <laughs> like, it would probably make the world more uh, ski-wampus if Elokar remained king as he is now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kaladin is getting taken to his prison. Yeah. So, soldiers arrived for Kaladin a short time later, men that Kaladin didn't know. They were respectful as they unchained him from the chair. Um, fast forward a bit. One gave him a lifted fist, a sign of respect. Stay strong, the fist said. Even people that don't know him. His legend grows. Well, when he survived the high storm, some of Sadius's soldiers came to see him. Yeah. Even though they got beat for it later. Like, Kaladin does have a reputation, and I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do with it. If he's going to be the, well, they're going to have a tough time taking me to prison sort of a thing, or if he's going to be the, the radiant that, you know... Good boy, we know he is. Yeah, yeah. so he's paraded through the camp in front of everyone. He sees Bridge 4 uniforms in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then where is he locked up? He is taken to Dalinar's camp prison where soldiers, it says, where soldiers did time for fighting or other offenses. So this is just like county jail. Yeah. This is like the sheriff's office. He's not being sent to the deepest dungeons of mm-hmm. the palace. It's like... The pit of despair. He's going in the drunk tank. (laughs) (laughs) The paddy wagon. (laughs) Uh, But he sits down. Sill drifts into the room. That's right. And then he says, this is what comes of trusting Light Eyes. Never again, Sill. Because she told him to trust her. Yeah. And I don't know if that, if she didn't expect this to happen or if like, like, I don't know if there are points that Kaladin has to hit and things he has to do in order to become a Radiant. Mm -hmm. Like, and these are all going to be really, really abstract things, but it's like, oh my gosh, what is the word where you're given a piece of paper and you have to check things off and like go around a neighborhood and like, oh, uh census no checklist where like it's a it's a game and you you try and bigger better no where they're like you need to go and find someone with a red shirt and then you can find someone with the red scavenger shirt. hunt scavenger hunt thank you <laughs> a neighborhood well i think it's kids you know okay. a kid game um so i don't know if it's like a scavenger hunt of like Kaladin needs to face this particular fear Kaladin needs to overcome this bad habit or whatever like i don't know and I don't know if she's just like, this is the path he should take in order to become who he needs to become. Or if she just really believed that going and 
helping these people that needed help was honorable enough that it would smooth over anything that happened, which it clearly didn't. Yeah. So I don't know how right or wrong Syl is half the time. Because, again, I love this conversation they had a couple times ago where he's like, Syl, can you tell me the right thing to do? And she's like, yes, absolutely. And then he presents his actual quandary and she's like, I don't know. So remember in the very, very first book. We're only on book two. <laughs> Sorry. But like thousands of pages ago. Pretty early on in the first book when he's talking with Syl. And she says, I know what lying is. Mm-hmm. So she's learning more and more and more. And she may she may be learning that she is wrong. Mm-hmm. Which or, is not or, a fun thing to learn. Maybe. Syl is just seeing this as like a journey before the destination. And that the ultimate denouement of this will be positive. So... So, does it matter on your journey uh-huh. if you get lost and mess up really bad? <laughs> well, uh, uh, you mean like do things that are unforgivable or make bad choices? Yeah. As long as you come back to go to the right destination? Mm-hmm. I would say yes. The guy who killed the cobbler might say no. Yeah. Am I a genius? This... <laughs> Emily, am I a foil? This is what I've been trying to pound into your head for 5,000 pages. That's what journey before destination means. I don't like it still. Uh, He's been good his whole life. Bluth never did anything wrong. No, he did tons of horrible things. And he honestly, earnestly was trying to turn it around because he was inspired to choose a different destination. Mm-hmm. So. Listen, I'm on board with it. It's Thank just you. a bit. I, you know, I'm just doing it's a, a bit, bit for the podcast. Thank you. Curses foiled again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Kaladin's in the cage once three. more. Part three is done. Part oh four. We're moving on to part four. So I know the next interlude is a little long, but the one after it is incredibly short. So we are actually going to do all three interludes for next week's reading. Okay. We'll jump back to the heralds and the song and the whatever. But next week, we are going to be reading interludes 9, 10, and 11. Lift, Zeth, <gasps> and Eshen. Yes! He's back! Oh, it's we just going to be him in, head. in a puddle. Just Face like, down crying. Like emotionally in a he puddle. defeated me. <laughs> Well, the whole idea of, like, they lied to me, they told me I was this. Truthless. Like, ooh. Okay. So you're the one that's just like, I can't believe you like Seth. He kills a bunch of people. That's not why I like him. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt, apparently. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by his storyline. I want to know. Like, I'm, I don't know why, like, I want to know so bad. But, but the idea of doing something... Because you absolutely either because you either believe absolutely you have to, uh-huh. or you absolutely believe in what you're doing, and those are two yeah. very different things. Yeah, very different things. Is he compelled or is he just faithful? Yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm really interested to find out more of that. I hope you get to find out more. Um, oh, here's a fact that I think you'll find fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my friend Marie. 
Yes. I would say it's now your friend. Now my too. friend, yeah. Uh, Hi, Marie. She draws Seth like a bald Elijah Wood. <gasps> That's my favorite. I know. <laughs> do you wear wigs? No, will I do not. Will you wear wigs? No, I will not. <laughs> I'm a truthless man. A truthless man. I will not wear wigs. Speaking of Marie uh-huh. and speaking of Lyft. Uh-huh. I got a sticker from her. You did get a sticker from her. And it is a beach AU. Yep. And they, she gave me the sticker and I'm like, oh, this is Delinar. And, but I don't know who this little girl is. And she's like, this is Lyft. You will meet her in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. But I have Delinar in cut off jean shorts holding a thermos and with a little girl. And he has sunglasses. Like, oh my gosh. Um, I love this. I love you too. Okay. If they're on a beach, he's holding a tiki mug with an no. alcoholic drink, right? Don't close the laptop. I'm not closing. I want you to see it. Will you wait? Wait, wait, Vince. Move I believe again. you. I just don't know why he would have a thermos at the beach. Oh, I guess keep his drink cold. But the lift has ice cream, yes. which is just awesome for yes. her. Uh, so I'm excited to meet Lift because she seems amazing. Ted and I made a bunch of jokes at your expense during the Warbreaker Ted, thing. Why would you do that to me? They're about Lift. Oh. So when you read Lyft's chapter, go back. go back and listen to Warbreaker and then you'll get what we were doing Make fun for of you. me? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Hey, he's a friend of the pod. He is a friend of the pod. Thank you, Ted and friend of the pod, Jenny, as well, for coming to our Discord and listening to our live episode. All right. So let's, let's get our heralds out of the way. Chapter 56, White Spine Uncaged. Is this Chichenarach? Yep. Two of them. Both of them are Chichenarach. And she is about being brave and obedient. Oh, well. Uh, I would say uh, Adolin's being pretty brave. Mm-hmm. Face down four shard bearers. Yeah. And, um, but nobody in the crowd is being very obedient. No, help. again, can I just emphasize... That is, I feel, one of the best scenes of Dalinar. The man is, has not always been honorable, but currently is, like, made of honor. Just being like, what is wrong with all of you people? Do you wear wigs? (laughs) (laughs) And just, like, that scene was so moving to me Uh of, like... You see what's happening, right? This is very... Cl- I'm going to say it's very clearly unfair. Unjust, yeah. Unjust. Especially... Oh, my gosh. I know we talked about this. But the judge lady. Yeah. It's not on the level of what Sadius did on the tower. But... But it's in that threshold, the same camp area of just, this is wrong. You're being petty. And... You're punishing other people because they aren't doing what you want them to do. It's so we talk about how much the light eyes love their games, mm-hmm. and everyone has been pissed at Adolin for making fun of them and not playing and not playing the by game. the rules. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's like, This is comeuppance for that spoiled brat of a prince, Adolin Cohen. Because I feel like they feel they can get away with it because they are playing within the rules. Like, they're very clear about the wording. Like, this is what you said. Listen, it's like when you're playing Uh D&D and 
your DM like forgets to mention a thing and then you get to slip in and be like, and I stack quadruple damage on this because you didn't say it hadn't stopped raining. It's like, it's like winning at Simon Says. It's mm-hmm. not just that, I know, we were doing the wrap up in the Heralds, but here we go, we're back <laughs> in it again. Um, it's that, oh, he missed this when he made the deal. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's his own fault that these four men are going to beat him yeah. until he... Well, I found that interesting because we even even before this chapter, like when he says that thing, like I will fight you and whoever you bring, they're like, "Oh, are you sure? Like, do you understand what you're saying?" I think even at that point, they were they were kind of being like, "Well, it it came across as Adolin, you you wouldn't do this. This is so insane." And I think that just fuels him further to be like, I'll do it any place, anytime, anywhere. Especially when the judge is like, do you know what you're doing? And he says, I know the rules of dueling. And she just goes, okay, okay. Oh, and the scene where Dalinar tries to stop it. And she's like, I am high prince here. Dalinar. Yeah. yeah. That her, her ego was bruised. And so she got to flex her power. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so delicious when they all get beaten up instead. Okay, listeners. Listeners, it will take me years. <laughs> but the order of of the order of operations is I would like to storyboard Zethby Galvalar. If I get that done and if I don't get buried under work, then Next would be Kaladin speaking the second ideal. Mm-hmm. And then would be the duel. Okay, sorry. Journey Before Destination is the first one. Uh, so the 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 second ideal is when he jumped over the bridge. It's the chapter with Tien's death. Okay. That's when he speaks his second ideal. Because um, life before death. Strength before weakness, journey before destination mm-hmm. is the first ideal. Okay. All all knights radiant swear that, but each order has different and specific ideals to them. And Kaladin's second ideal is I will protect those who cannot, cannot protect, protect themselves. themselves. Okay. Um, also, it's a dragon. Uh, I was told that some people were sad that I didn't read Tien's death. <laughs> It's not that I was so sad that Tien specifically died. I don't think I will ever be able to read it because it was a sibling dying. Especially a younger sibling dying <laughs> that they were supposed to, that Kaladin was supposed to protect. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. I'm sure it is a beautiful, amazing, wonderful scene. It's very sad. It's very sad. You'll watch it when I storyboard it. <laughs> I get up and leave the theater <laughs> and then come back for that. All right. All right. Heralds. Heralds. <laughs> Heralds okay. over 57. To Kill the Wind is Yezrian. Both of them are Yezrian, which is, you know. It's, it's Kaladin. It's Kaladin, right? yeah. It's, yep. And then finally on Never Again. It's Nanesh. No. Nanesh. Nanesh. What is his name? Nalin. Nalin. I know it started with an N. Naveen. <laughs> Justice. 
Ju- oh. Do you think it's justice what happens to Kaladin? No. I don't. I think justice was denied in this one. Because he had every right to call Amaram out in, mm-hmm. in I guess, ref- regards to the Alethi way. I'm Listen, this is very good writing. Brandon Sanderson, I know you know this. But this is very good writing. Like, it's ridiculously good writing. Like, stop, sir. <laughs> no, don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> So next week, I'm planning on us reading all three interludes. If we just spend so much time on the lift interlude, mm-hmm. then I'll, we may break up the episode. So okay. be, you know, be prepared. But this week's song is, I don't give a damn for my reputation. reputation. And it's because that's the song that plays when Shrek destroys everyone <laughs> in the dueling ring. <laughs> I like to imagine that Adolin and Kaladin are like Shrek and Donkey. <laughs> taking who? everyone out. Who's who? Oh, I mean, Adolin's in the big shard plate, so he's okay. probably Shrek. <laughs> Donkey's but, scrappy. <laughs> and then Elokar is like, some of you may die, but it is a sacrifice I am willing, willing to, to make. make. Oh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I'm going to get back to playing video games. I got to go to bed. I have work tomorrow. Thanks for podcasting live with me and on the couch. It was great. And even though you make fun of me in my, (laughs) in my hour of need, when my... You ate my sandwich. (laughs) I don't feel bad for you. You said this bag is yours. And I said, okay. So in a way, it's all your fault. Well, I gave you the bag with the large fry. That was, you got more fries than I did. (laughs) You listeners are all wonderful. Thank you for coming on this journey with us, with us just being goofy, goofy, goofy as all get out. It's just fun to do this. We're the goofy goovers. (laughs) All right. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. To be Part 3, Emily's first read-through reaction supercut. Here we go, chapter 56, White Spine Uncaged. Duh, Sigzil. Sorry. You hate all No, I'm laughing. I'm not, I'm... This is, listen, I do not. I love all of them except Moash. But I'm just saying, Sigzil's just like. The best? Yes. But he's also like stating the obvious. He's like, Amram doesn't have any of this. And everyone's like, well, duh, we know. <laughs> like, of course. Ugh. Ugh, Amram is the worst. I don't understand why they, they're, ugh, I just don't understand why they jumped the gun and said this. Kaladin told Dalinar about it. Yes, he did. Dalinar wouldn't do anything. Someone else would have to. Oh, no. (laughs) They were bridge for Kaladin, Moash is going to betray you and it's going to be bad. I I feel it in my heart. (laughs) I'm the bestie. (laughs) 
I'll get you out of this, Moash. We'll fix this. Oh no, Kaladin, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. You will go on that patrol, Moash. You don't get to be insubordinate, insubordinate just because you're my friend. Kaladin. Oh no, you need better friends. The calligraphy isn't bad, Navani said grudgingly. <laughs> Which is high praise, I feel, like coming from Navani. Oh no, he doesn't have the necklace! It's probably fine. No, I don't think so. The problem was, he intended to challenge Sadius after this. <gasps> Megan? Megan, is this? Mm. Megan? What? This is the one thing I know. What? Is this the honor maybe dead? Rafo. <laughs> I thought that would be like at the end of. Okay, hold on. Stop. I have to get there. Rafo, I am! <laughs> oh no. I'll fight you and whomever you bring. <sighs> Sadius is so terrible. Yakubov, <sighs> no. His friends. Oh, no. I'll tell you who needs better friends. <laughs> yes. Adel is the white spine. <laughs> Sadius didn't bring a white spine with him. Oh, I yeah. don't know! Dang it! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fear spread on the ground. Oh, this is so good! <sighs> oh, no. Oh, no. Who just stepped out on the ring? Nobody. I don't know. I'm not there yet! <laughs> they. He just said he yielded. And no one's listening to him. Oh god. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, it's Renarin! <laughs> no! I didn't even read the chapter before. I just, like, turned the page and Renarin is a single line and then it says, Oh no, underneath it. Oh no, no! It's okay. But I'll see what I can do. This is the part, Megan. This is the scene. Ah! And the dark eye is gonna show them up, and it's gonna be bad for them. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Is Shil no? He can only have two at a time. I was hoping Shalon was gonna jump down and. Yeah, yeah. The supposed night radiant. Yeah, this is. I want everyone to be... I want justice. When am I going to get justice, Megan? No! Sadius got away with it! Kaladin uh, slapped him on the side of the head with the butt of his spear. It was a terrible weapon for sh fighting a shard bear, but the blow got the man's attention again. Ah! This is killing me! Just pull all the stormlight out of the armors. He doesn't know how sharp it works. Oh, okay. Otherwise, I bet you would have. Oh, he heard his bones crack. Oh, he heard his bones crack, Megan. He could grow more. Ooh. Oh, Sil, what is that? Oh, it's pattern. Oh, no. He was doing so good at his stormlight run out. He got the blade. 
for a setup. I, I it's somebody screaming. <laughs> <laughs> You going to yield, Kaladin growled, or do I get to kill my second shark? <laughs> oh! I hope Amram is peeing his pants! The day goes to Bridelord Eidolon! He was laughing. <laughs> they won, but he's gonna challenge Sadius, and Sadius is gonna be like, let's go right now! And everyone's gonna be like, yeah! To teach a little lesson, and he has no plate. It's gonna be terrible. Right here and now, where? No, Adolin, you're not supposed to do it right now. Because that's the plan. Is to do it right after he does this stuff. He doesn't have. Adolin does, but Sadius doesn't have the stuff. Well, Adolin's is dead. <gasps> oh, he just challenged Amram. Yes, I'm so scared. Oh no. <laughs> you should have killed me. <gasps> the soldiers are going for him and not Amram. No! <laughs> no, this is supposed to be good! I won't stand for it, Uncle. I won't. Stormblast! Listen, I don't blame him. He was caught up in the moment. No one told him the plan. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. He was in the room when they I made know. the plan. I know. I'm just saying. Can we talk about it now and do a different chapter tomorrow? No! <laughs> the audience is with you. <laughs> stop, stop that Thank you so much again for listening to this part of the book. Oh, it's so exciting to get here. Uh, Emily and I both really enjoyed ourselves. We need to give a special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, in our intro and outro. Michael, we love the song so much. We do it all the time. Catch us next Thursday as we release our next Roswell episode. We are getting so close to the end of season two. It's amazing. And then come back the Thursday after that for another really fun episode. Going after some interludes in The Way of Kings. Also, Emily and I finally started recording One to Watch, which will go up on our miscellaneous feed sometime soonish. We're going to try and get through a bunch of the book before we start posting. Ah! Okay, have a great day. I love you all so much. Okay. Bye.